ESPN Kansas City presents Golf Underground, powered by Mariner Wealth Advisors, helping you navigate your financial future. Welcome to Golf Underground here in the stable of Kevin Ward's place, ESPN Radio here. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's been, uh, geez, about almost a week and a half since we recorded another fantastic underground show. And and it's because you've had some big golf extravaganzas yourself there, Wardo. Um, I mean, you're you're down at some fancy Maple Ranch hobnobbing with some big names. No, no Maple Ranch. You're, just Vale. You're fl- oh, it was just Vale. Just Vale. Oh, you went off to Vale. Maybe you want to tell the folks a little about what, what you did in Vale? Um, yeah, we just went up and played a little uh, little golf and had some good gambling, had some good laughs, had some nice little dinners. No COVID, so at least not that I know of yet. Really? Did you wear a mask while you golfed? Um, I thought about it. I wore a mask on other parts of the trip. We're going to get into that on next week's show, actually. No, I think we're going to talk about it today, Wardo. Well, it's relevant. It is, it is fairly relevant. It is relevant. Now, you wonder, why don't people wear masks when they golf? You know, I don't know, because maybe some people exhale or inhale too hard when they, you don't, you don't want to suffocate. But... You can wear your dirty, stinky towel that you have, Sully, that you probably haven't washed. It's been on your bag. I don't, but use, I don't use a towel. You know I use what? my shorts. You don't. Why do you t- need a your towel? towel? Your towel game's pretty good, actually, because you lose everything, so you would have lost your towel. You know, I do lose a pair of sunglasses every time I golf, right? Because I start with it, you know, on the eyes, and then I get over the ball right there in the first tee box, and I realize, ah, the ball's too dark, and then I put it on top of my hat, looking cool, right? Yeah. Then I go up to try to hit my second shot. It usually falls off my hat. By the fourth hole, it's gone, and then it, and then I wake up in the morning saying, "Honey, have you seen my damn sunglasses?" <laughs> Happens every week. Well, I order them in six packs now. Do you get excited when you go to like the the big supermart trucking station on the way on one of your big road trips because you get to go? Do you buy like ten pairs? Well, no, 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 no. But they're a little more high quality. I go to Quick Trip because they're about twenty one dollars. I'm not going for those thirteen dollars specials. I like it. No, Are you trying to get no. Quick Trip as a sponsor? Is this a plug? Well, it might be. It I might like be. It. All right. So hey, a lot going on in the uh, golf world, PGA world. Of course, we're two weeks back, right? Our boy, Mr. Woodland, was there in the hunt on Sunday two weeks ago, and and of course, it became a became a battle. He kind of went back a little, some raised up, but um, um, it was it's been so cool seeing golf again. Right, been what great. Th- what's your take? Good on to have this? it back. Well, it's it's a lot of turmoil right now with a couple of the caddies testing positive, and uh, you know it's an interesting deal because there's nothing else to watch. I am uh, out of sight, out of mind with baseball, so I think they might be getting going at some point. But I could give a rat's ass, and I'm ready to watch some good golf, and I'm ready to see how far Bryson DeChambeau can hit the ball. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> All right, is he fat or is he fit? Uh, he's flat. Both. I mean, he looks a little plumpy. He's a I big think. boy. Right? He's he looks one of like those... he's trying. He literally looks like one of those long drive guys. But he's, his ball speed is, uh, you know, on the foresight simulator that I have as well, it's going to 200. Is it really? Ball speed of 200. So how would you compare that for your maybe non-golf guys? A 200-mile ball speed would be similar to, what, a 100-mile fastball in baseball? Uh, probably like 103, 104. Ooh. Bryce. So pretty, do you like him better now? Because, you know, a while back you weren't a big fan of Bryson. I mean, is this I think, new manliness, are you mildly attracted to him now? <laughs> I don't think I am. I what I, I don't <laughs> I think he's gonna be competitive, but and I think he's gonna kick some ass, but still not a fan. All right. Could he kick Brooks's ass? Mm. 
All right, hang on. Uh, we've got someone here in the studio audience. I'd like to introduce you once again. This was several weeks back. We had former Kansas City Chief quarterback, Pitt Hall of Famer. I don't know if you're there yet, but you will be. <laughs> Tyler Palco. Tyler, um, great to see you, buddy. Thanks for having me on, Sully. Okay, now listen. Um, so your take. Um, I just said, would Bryson kick Kepka's ass? And you vehemently shook your head. Tell me why. There's just zero chance. There's why? Zero- what is it? What do you see in Brooks other than that handsome, chiseled face? I don't see anything in Brooks that's handsome. I see that smoke show that he's married to. <laughs> so, so that means he can he can kick. Uh, um, yeah. No. What's your What's your he's, take? He's just. I, I think he's a killer. I like the way he he plays, and I think that that would uh, carry over into a a, a bar fight. Oh, I wonder nice. if when he punches, is he's going to punch with a bowed wrist like he is up at the top of the backswing there. <laughs> <laughs> is that what he does? Actually, is he, I just kind of hurt does, myself. Does he hold it like that? All right, no, but, but so l- let's um, let's talk about bars, right? Because I, I was in South Carolina last week. And you know what they're saying about the South? It's certainly blowing up with the COVID virus. And um, after being in South Carolina bars, tiki bars over the, you know, those uh, several days, now I understand why. The average age was about 78, which made me look young and studly, right? Did you get hit on? Well, I mean, the lady was about 78. She had a long cigarette where the ash was fully baked and hadn't quite hit it yet, you know? And I I, she it. was giving me the eye. And, um, you know. Did you go uh, take a puff off her heater? <laughs> I would have if COVID-19 wasn't going on, right? Yeah. But the COVID world is a little different down south, and maybe that's why it's all blowing up. But no lie, you think about what's right. What's Did you wear on. a mask when you made out with her? <laughs> Oh, God. She, she burned my nasal hairs off with that cig. Well, God, it's about time you trim those things up. Palco's over here, like, slightly leaning back in his seat. Oh, my God. Uh, but, all right, but, but what uh, are they going to keep playing golf? And I'll open up this to both of you because um, I read an article yesterday on golf.com, and they said that um, the author of this said, um, we opened this thing up way too early, and professional sports should be a... Um, a reward to a country who adheres by the rules of wearing masks and preventing the spread of COVID-19. Palco, I'll start with you. Will they shut down the PGA sometime in the next two weeks? Well, I can tell you when I saw that um, uh, ticker go across that, that uh, Kepka's caddy got uh, diagnosed, I was sure that the next person on TV was Jay Monahan canceling the the, the season again. I, I was, I thought that that's exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. How about you, Wardo? I just don't think if they cancel it, and I was listening to an interview with Graham McDowell, they cancel it, then they're going to have to figure out when it's really deemed time to start restart, you know? And so it's like, it's like a rain delay with, you know, a couple holes to go. Just finish the dang thing. Well, I don't think that's the objective right now, right? I mean, 0.2%. Point two percent of the freaking tests have been positive. That's less than the U.S. population on the tests that have been tracked. So, are you saying you don't think you can get it? I'm not saying you can't get it. I'm saying of the tests, they've done three thousand tests, thirty five hundred tests since in the last couple of weeks of tour action on the players and the caddies and employees, and we've had three positives. Right, Ricky Elliott, Brooks's caddy, G Max caddy, Watney. And Watney. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and so my thought is, is maybe, well, where do caddies like to hang out, Sully? 
bars, tiki bars with old ladies with long cigarettes and ashes. <laughs> and there's my answer. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the, you know. What so what you're saying, you know, no, 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 no. Let me get this straight. I think you're putting the caddy in a certain box, a certain type of personality. And I'm not sure I appreciate that right now. Well, I mean, we, we've had several caddies on our show and we know what they like to do. They like to have fun, and then they like to have some social sparklers at night after they make some birdies with their with their player guy. All right, so um, should the players then carry their bag like they did in the, um, you know, when Match. Fowler and DJ, right? They look like good, good old boys just carrying their Sunday bag. What do you think? No, Paco? I think it should be pole carts. <laughs> <laughs> it should be pole carts. Or golf carts. You know what? It's not a bad idea. Throw them on a golf cart or on a... Uh, I mean, I mean, they yeah. shut down all the caddy programs at all the clubs and made everybody drive a cart by themselves. There's your solution, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you rather have that than shut down the whole damn thing? I hope they can think creatively enough because mark my words, you're hearing this now on the underground. They will shut the PGA um, down before Memorial. No. Yep. You know, that's a tournament where they're supposed to have fans back. Is that realistic? Can you imagine yeah. them filling? I mean, I'm telling you. Well, they might. They're going to play it, and they're going to play it without fans. They're bringing the fitness trailers in. They're getting all the all the Brookses and the new Gary Sherry Goodlands not to go to the local gymnasiums, and they're going to do. I heard last night they're going to do the fitness trailers, and you're going to have to go in the fitness trailer and suffocate yourself with a bandana around your face. That's what they're going to do. That's not a bad idea. So, yeah. yeah. What, Palco, what have you thought of um, the watching experience? It being different for you without fans there? Or do you even recognize when they're putting and, hey, I just made I think, a putt? I, I think I'm just so happy to see live sports again, so I don't really pay attention to it. Yeah. To be well, I, what I hear is I hear this the plethora of of F-bombs that are dropped <laughs> after bad shots. Um, I hear that because there's absolute dead silence, so I actually enjoy, and it's fun to see these guys frustrated and hitting a couple bad shots, even though they shoot 28 under every week. All so right, Terrell Hatton, I, I love that, his last putt after he missed it. That was the worst putt you'll ever see me make. I mean, it was, and you could hear it. What did he say? That's exactly what he said. Oh, I he mean, did. it wasn't like an F-bomb, but oh. I mean, it, it's you don't hear that stuff. Right. I mean, if you, you think about the... The NFL and and what they were talking about and pumping in crowd noise. Can you imagine hearing you know somebody screaming at Patrick Mahomes from the sideline? Yeah, I think that'd yeah. be pretty. Well, so so um, if for all of you Premier League soccer fans out there over in England, they've already started their season. Right, they started it last Wednesday. I know this because my son is a Manchester United fan, <laughs> and um, and so NBC. You can watch it one of two ways. You can watch it straight up, like Palco is saying, where it's kind of cool to hear the coach and hear him all communicate. Um, or you can do a different channel where it's full-blown, and they're banging drums and horns. And so for the viewer, it just it feels pretty freaking normal, right? Um, and I, I prefer the crowd noise. It's I don't know. I, I imagine playing in front of just, it'd feel like a practice. I don't know. And I wonder about for these golfers, does it feel like, I can't get as pumped up. I don't know. Wardo? Uh, I th yeah, it's a little harder to get pumped up, but, you know, I mean, you just got to find a way to make it exciting for you, Sully. Yeah. Maybe a couple extra White Claws. Try mixing it with a little extra Tito's. Then you'll have a nice day. Oh, is it, does it have a name? Um, yeah, it's called the 
Wardo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, have you spoken to your boy Woodland? Speaking of uh, Wardo um, Woodland, um, your lover, uh, have he, has he said anything about the past couple of weeks playing on tour? Uh, I didn't, I haven't even asked him. I told him I'm in a very tough situation right now. You got me onto this left star ball. That's a fan fancy ball for tour guys only. And so I was only worried this morning about getting those balls delivered from Lawrence to Kansas city. So a good colleague of mine, Kelly Carell is going to go by his house and pick up some golf balls. Left star. I said, ball. I don't care how you play this week. Can I get my damn golf balls? What is it? Tell me about this Just left a, star ball. It's a Titleist golf ball. That's pretty fancy that was supposedly made initially for um oh gosh blanking on his name out of out of Las Vegas um great player anyhow the ball spins like crazy around the green as it does magic around the hole sticks to the face like a glued wedge shot just fancy it dances by the hole and it does not spin off the driver so if you weren't going to steal those from Woodland what would it cost you uh can't get it, it, you can't get them but my good my good pal Chad, Chad Holmesy who's been on this show uh, had a, a colleague uh, go into the factory the other day and steal me some from Carlsbad. So, really, yeah. What if you lost one? Would you spend four minutes looking for it instead of three? Three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but this thing doesn't oh get lost. God. It has I a would little lose, magnet on it. Me with a dozen of those in my bag would be like sunglasses. Yes. <laughs> you lose them before you cheat off. I'd go away with no sunglasses and I'd be back to my um Top Flight XL 2000s by the 8th hole. Yes. You'd lose them in the you'd lose them in the 19th hole when you're trying to fill up your uh, cooler trulys. Hey, you did get a chance to play um before the tour opened, the week before you did play with a pretty fancy group though, right? You played with Woodland, maybe a little George. Didn't you go out to Wolf? Out to Palco's um, homeland over there and yeah, we play did. a little round? We played with good old Mr. GB5, George Brett, Mr. Gary Woodland. I don't, I don't feel right calling him Mr. Um, and Sir Patrick Mahomes. Oh, you did get a little Mahomey and, time. And we sprinkled it in with tour winner Robert Streb, a.k.a. the Catbacker. Oh, my God. And you didn't even have to buy this at a charity event. That would cost you a million dollars. I know. All right, well, maybe so, I did buy it. All right, so the listener wants to know, um, what is it like playing with Mahomes? Um, he hits it really, really far and really, really high, and it spins a lot, so he could probably use those those fancy Gary balls. <laughs> the left wing balls. Yeah. Right. Um, he's a great player. He is. His goals are to be one of the best QBs or one of the best NFL players on the golf course, and he's got, he's got a ways to go to catch Sir... Uh, Tyler Palco over here, but he's a he's he's a good player, good athlete, and a, an amazing human being. Can he kick the most normal guy you've ever met? Can he kick Tony Romo's ass one on one right now? <sighs> Romo gives him two. Know. Romo, Romo gives him a stroke aside. Oh, Palco, chime in here. So. I'm just Romo's trying to motivate Pat. He's Pat's got to get better. All right, so no, he spends th the majority of his time. Yeah, Romo, you know. Carrying the franchise of uh, Kansas City on his back, and the, I mean he's damn near the face of the NFL, so he's got almost sitting there at Nance's place in uh, in California, hitting wedge shots and working on his game. All right, but listen, th this is Palco. Uh, you've gotten to play in front of eighty thousand people, so you 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 kind of get this right. But the listener right now is saying, "God, tell me more about Mahomes, right? Playing on a golf course now, and um, he comes here in the stable and gets instruction by you, which." is pretty freaking cool right and of course you've got to play the role of i'm his coach but holy crap this is the man of the century 
for Kansas City Chief football. He's the MVP. How do you find the balance between, holy crap, it's Mahomes, and then talking down to him like any good coach should? <laughs> well, I'm good at talking down to people. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, honestly, I mean, how, do you, how do you do this? He, like, do you coach him differently? I just look at his face. I'm like, I, I, I imagine it's Sully up there hitting balls. So I just talk to him how I talk to Sully. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, you ha- you get it. No, you give so him no way joke. more. We're working respect. on his game in the lab the other day, and he uh, he's swinging drivers. He's got his he's got his buddy Kelsey in there, who absolutely murders the golf ball, and he hits a driver in the simulator. Recoil. He loves the recoil move off the back shaft in the head where those two intersect. Just breaks. So I've got that one on video that I'm going to share with the listeners. Kelsey did that. No, Mahomes did that, and it almost hit Kelsey. Just from his swing speed? Yeah, he like he like hit it off his back, and the, the club head just snapped right off. Oh, my God. Uh, can you it imagine if you single-handedly and, ruined his career here I in dic- the stable? And then I dictated the video like I didn't know it was coming, and then I'd go, oh, it looks like he's, I don't, there, there's a full explosion here. I think Andy, Andy and Mark Donovan would be uh, down at the lab pretty quick if, there was a golf <laughs> lesson injury to the uh, yeah, it almost, golden boy. Yeah, we uh, almost and and then uh, Kelsey asked me to look at his putting, and then he gets over. He's got like a toothpick for a putter that's like a it was a gold putter that was twenty six inches long. It came up to his like shin that he and stole I, from Pirates Cove down in Branson. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I go, what is this putter? This thing is terrible. Does your back hurt setting up to that thing? It was oh amazing. See, now you can even say that to Travis Kelsey. Now that's, you know, most people would say, you can't talk to Travis like this. He's going to knock you out. So you've got, you've got the stature oh, and the oh, respect. You could talk down to here's them. Here's another funny. one. Here's another one for you. So he shows up to Mission Hills and, and my good pal Nick from over at the club comes up to Kelsey and Kelsey's got iron covers on every iron. No way. And he goes... He goes, hey, uh, bro, uh, I lost, a, I lost an iron cover. Can you? <laughs> he goes, why the fuck do you even have iron covers? You're too good of a player for that. And so the next, at the end of the day, he left every iron cover in the back basket of the cart. And so Nick brought him out the next time uh, Kelsey came. Here's your iron covers, bro. <laughs> what what do you say? I don't want them. I don't want them. Oh, you shamed him. Yeah. Oh I didn't shame him, Nick gosh. Oh, my gosh. That is funny. All right. So good. Let's do this. We're going to take a commercial break. Now, we're on the topic of how you motivate some of America's finest athletes and coaching them. And, and we want to get to how does a Wardo get in the mind? Does he coach Mahomes the same way as he coaches Travis Kelsey? Right. And Palco, you know a little something about leadership with Solutions 21, who, who, who you're with. And um, so we're going to have a great conversation on the other side of this. And we're going to talk a little bit about coaching leadership. And who knows, you actually might be able to take the debauchery you get on the underground right here and use it in your own place of business, right? So come on back. You're on the Golf Underground, ESPN Radio. You're listening to Golf Underground on ESPN Kansas City, 94.5 FM. Cowell Insurance Services is your leading program administrator for workers' compensation. They're dedicated to meeting the unique challenges of the insurance industry and assisting employers in reducing their costs. CIS has provided insurance claim and loss control services to various industries, including trucking, construction, retail convenience stores, and healthcare, as well as public entities for over 30 years. They work with both retail agents and industry clients, or a combination of the two. If you're tired of fighting the rising costs of premiums and claims, 
give Cowell Insurance Services a call. Their dedicated staff is ready to find you the best insurance option at the most competitive price. They can help to define or enhance your safety program in order to move you in the right direction in reducing your claim and premium costs. Contact Cowell Insurance Services today, 816-214-4070. New golf clubs, a big screen TV to watch the U.S. Open, or maybe even a new golf cart that I've got my eye on. No matter how you choose to spend the savings, if you're looking to put a dent in your monthly heating and cooling bills, the answer may be right over your head. If your attic isn't insulated properly, you're missing out on a prime opportunity to cut costs. Call the certified energy experts at Star Companies, Inc., 816-353-2160 for a free estimate to learn how they can help you save money. 816-353-2160 or visit StarCompaniesKC.com. Welcome back, Golf Underground ESPN Radio here in studio. Wardo Sully back. Mid mid COVID, and we are honored to be sitting here on my left, the very handsome Tyler Pelko, former NFL quarterback, but mostly focusing on his own golf game when he's not changing lives through his leadership, coaching, training, consulting, all of that. So so um, and and um, and we've got another great guest because you know it, it, before the break we were talking about coaching and, and how you motivate the likes of Patrick Mahomes, the likes of Travis Kelsey and and you know Wardo you you said you didn't talk down to these fellows but I think we got to take time to analyze your coaching abilities. When did I tell you I didn't talk down to him? Well. <laughs> Yes, you did talk down. <laughs> I think I did. You did. All right. But now, Wardo, you spend your, your time when not um, at the Mariner Wealth Establishment here in the stable where you get to coach some of the finest athletes in town. You coach, you'll coach anything from kids, you and Charlie. You're, you're probably the most well-known golf instructor here in town. Now, you have to deal with different personalities. Oh, you yeah. can't treat everybody the same. That right? is true. In fact, you pick and well, choose. I treat everybody the same. I just talk to everybody differently. All right. And but but you don't you also don't allow anybody, just anybody to come into the stable. You only get talent. Talent that you think you can actually cultivate. But then you can either screw that guy up or that gal up or you can motivate him to to reach the top. I mean, that's a that's quite a responsibility, Kevin. Yeah, let's just hope I don't screw him up as much as um, you know. Yeah. It's a tough it's a tough gig, but hopefully I uh Keep them motivated and keep them going. Yeah, well, you know what? You're lucky because I've got somebody who's going to help you today. Perfect. I it's need our, all the help I can get there. All right. So well, it's our it's our guest calling in, Buddy Hobart. He's the founder and president of Solutions 21. He's a consultant. He's an entrepreneur. The guy's written books. He speaks. He's, he's at a radio program. Um, he's an internationally recognized pioneer in leadership. And I love the topic. It's multi-generational workforce. And the, the guy, he, he what I like about it is he focuses on things like Gen Y. Now, We've had conversations on this show before, Wardo, about, hey, what's it like coaching this younger generation? Not only the Gen Y, but maybe the high schoolers, the college kids. And, of course, the easy route, Pelco, is to say, ah, oh, these kids, man, they're all different. They don't, they don't respect things the way they used to, the way you we used to, right? In Pittsburgh, I used to get up at 5, I'd go for a run. No one had to tell me how to do it. I was motivated on my own, not this generation. A bunch of punks is what they are, right? I think so, but... That, that's why you have buddy that's why you have buddy on the line <laughs> all right so so buddy again thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate it 
Uh, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, you've got a new book out. And um, so I'd like you to tell us a little bit about this book that is going to be launched in August, known as the Leadership Decade. And of course, we're going to tie it back and we're going to use our buddy Wardo here as a case uh, study on um, <laughs> Good luck. what to do right and what to do wrong when it comes to motivate. And I'm going to lead you a little bit right off the bat because I got a chance to read a few of your chapters. Now, it was an awesome book and I loved it because it was very specific to the times. You come right out of the gates and you talk about, you know, COVID-19 and how this might change leadership. And, and, you know, but some of the things that really stood out to me that you hit right off the bat is, is talent, right? is great organizations start with great talent. But I'm going to play naysayer here right now, buddy. Boy, it is so hard to find great talent these days, buddy. Don't go telling me that I can build a great company because they don't exist. Go. <laughs> well, I, I the, the reality to that is people quit people. So there's this adage that people join companies and people quit people. So if you're not able to attract and retain talent, what we tell folks is go home and look in the mirror. Those people are quitting you and your leadership and the managers that you have chosen to, to pass along to them. You, know, you said something earlier in the introduction about, you know, you don't, you do the same things for people, but you talk to people differently. So when we're working with executives, I ask a question, it's kind of rhetorical, which is, is it more important what is said or what is heard and understood? And obviously it's what's heard and understood and not everybody hears the same thing the same way. So when you're talking about coaching people in golf, you treat everybody the same, but you message it differently. And just like messing it differently for people, you need to message it differently across generations. So if it's true that people join companies and people quit people, then it's also true if you flip that coin over that you can build a great company, you can build a great culture, you can attract and retain great talent if you have great leadership. People will stay and follow great leaders. Okay. Um, amen to that. And I, and I want to get back to the genera generational part of this. Um, you know, this topic of communicating with generations um, in a consistent yet different way because the way the Gen Y person receives information may be different than the baby boomer, right? Right. But I feel to some extent that we've, we've almost put these different generations in boxes and the downside of that is this is how everyone in that age group will receive information. And it's kind of crap, isn't it? It is crap. So we, we put them in boxes. So, for example, we think, oh, well, you know, these newest generations, Generation Z, Generation Y, you know, they're all technical. They're all they want to text. They don't want to when the absolute one thousand percent reality is that when they're getting feedback and they want to they, that they want information about their job and how to get better. They want to sit face to face with their boss. They want to sit face to face with their leader. So you couldn't be more correct that we tend you can't there's. 84 million millennials. You cannot say you take 84 million anything and say they're all exactly alike. Yeah. So I, I could not agree with you more. Yeah. Hey, have things changed since four months ago? And, and I'm oh, going I, I, to propose a very strong question on you. Are leaders, are leaders scared right now? I, I, you know what? If they're not, I think they should be. Um, so what, what's happened 
in, in, and so we wrote the book and the book was actually off at the publisher. And I happened to have the good fortune of being working with the uh, Air Force. And so I was um, at, at Fort McNair in, in uh, New Jersey. Army people call it Fort Dix. But I'm, I'm with the Air Force. And, and they're talking about this, this pandemic. They weren't calling it that then. They were talking about this virus kind of way differently than the rest of the world. So I started to pay some attention to it. And I went back and I called the publisher up and I said, stop the presses. Like, you know, we need to, we need to, to update this information for this next situation. And, and I would tell you that we were going to hit this inflection point anyway. It's a historical certainty. But what happened with COVID-19 is it made it like a light switch. Like it was like it just went and, and now it's there and in front of everybody where it would have been a little more gradual. And, and I will tell you, if business leaders are not afraid and they are not challenging themselves to develop their leadership skills, then they're not paying attention. I like it. Really well said. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Now I want to, I want to peel back that onion a little bit and talk about um, still being scared. So um, I, I'm with you that it's, it's put an attention on, holy crap, there's a fire going on right now. And now more than ever, um, our employees are going to remain productive and happy, stay with our company because we believe that our leadership team has our best interest in mind, right? And, and of course, in your book mm-hmm. and other books, they call it employee engagement. Exactly um, right. But but what has happened these days is, again, over the last three months, not only through COVID, but through, you know, the, the political situation is people have um, leaders have that they're a little worried about screwing up. Can we as leaders still be productive? And of course, I'm not trying to get this into a political conversation, but how can we still convey a message without conveying a message of fear or um, uh, capitulation? Well, I, I think it has to be one of authenticity and one of transparency. So authentic leaders are willing to, to be humble and they are willing to be authentic. They are willing to admit that they don't know something. They're willing to, to ask the question. It's almost, you know, Colin Powell said that if everybody in the room agrees with me, why do I need everybody in the room? Yeah. And, and so I, I think that Part of current leadership's fear is they don't know how to be transparent. They don't know how to be authentic. They don't know how to be vulnerable. They have not worked on their emotional intelligence. Right. So, so being, being authentic or admitting you don't know something or going to someone who works for you to get help is not capitulation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, something in that, in the first chapter, I believe it was the first chapter of your book. Um, and I loved how you presented this. You said, um, you know, the typical objective of businesses of all sizes would be to increase shareholder value. And mentally I put myself in a big corporate national sales meeting in Las Vegas and I'm in that chair and the CEO gets at that podium and says, all right, guys, we need to increase shareholder value. And they present everything under the guise that we all get up in the morning to increase shareholder value. Let's go, Jimmy. 
Let's do this. Let's make the man richer. And it's amazing how years that's been the case. And that no longer motivates people, right? What motivates people is is um, getting their family a nice home or taking them on vacation or spending around golfing, right? It, we don't really give a damn about shareholder value, do you? Do we? Why did it take so long for people to understand it's not about the podium, it's about the people who are in front of you? Now, you know, your guess is as good as mine. It, it's, it's really a 20th century mindset applied to a 21st century workforce. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a baby boomer. I'm 61 years old. So I, I get a little bit of a uh, bully pulpit in that. I'm not a millennial advocating for millennials. I'm a baby boomer who was, by the way, just as prejudiced a baby boomer when I started this process 12, 14 years ago. And we're stuck in what's called this, this um, uh, fundamental attribution error, which is what worked for me, I believe, is going to work for others. And in 2020, we're 20% of the way into a new decade. Yeah. Like, like, like you have people who, who are going to work for you. Let's say they're 22, 23, 24, or 20 years old. They don't remember the 20th century. That's a history lesson. Mm-hmm. And yet there are followers. I work with the U.S. Army War College. The new recruits in the military weren't born on 9-11, and we're sending them off to fight a war. They weren't born when it started. Right. It's a history lesson to them. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. All right. So, so you have, um, uh, while there's differences in these generations and Palco, I want to bring you in cause you're part of solutions 21 and you work with a lot of companies yourself, right? I mean, oh, these yeah. are the conversations you're having with your clients here in Kansas city and beyond. And, um, they might not know that they need help. Right. Maybe it just was, um, hey, I'm going to meet Palco for lunch. And it leads us to a conversation that, holy crap, things are getting really weird around my office. I don't know if people are happy. I'm afraid to speak. Right. Of course, I put out the, the correspondence saying, you know, we're all going to change. I'm going to get better. How do you get in there and how do you how do you help them turn the light bulb on so they allow a company like Solutions 21 to come in and actually first diagnose by asking great questions, listening, and then not only hearing the words that they are saying, but being able to understand the meaning behind the words where the root problem is. How, how do you do that? Well, I think it, it, it really just starts with our, you know, Solutions 21's differential from a value proposition. And, you know, we don't have a, a silver bullet. Um, it's not, we have a program, buy this program, and it's the same um, solution for everybody else. So I think it, it starts with our process and, and, and how we ask questions because each company, you know, doesn't have a leadership problem, right? They, they it's, it's masked by something else, whether it's a turnover or whether it's, right. you know, bad employee engagement survey. So I think at the end of the day, it's, it's really, you know, our ability to, you know, take our own medicine and understand what questions to ask, you know, the people that, that we're going in and having these meetings with, because at the end of the day, you know, they, they do want to be successful, right? I mean, and, and, and sometimes that margin for error from the good to great piece, you know, that they're, they're blind spots, right? We, we, we don't really, we don't know what we don't know. And I think, you know, our ability to be able to get in front of folks and, and ask and listen and figure out, you know, where that blind spot might be is, uh, is the way we really approach, um, know, gaining new clients. Right. And, and Wardo, um, as we started this segment, we talked, you know, leading into it's what you do here at the stable, right? Now, certainly you're not building shareholder value, <laughs> right? But still the, you know, it's, it's um, and, and this, again, this goes across generations, right? You may have the old guy walk in here and, and he's looking to chip better. Well, 
maybe you're going to communicate a little different than him and and uh, Harry Hillier, right? Right. But there are there are repeatable communication things that you have to do as a coach. Like how how do you how do you make someone feel coachable so that the walls come down so that you then can have an impact on them? Because if they become contrarians to everything you are saying, you can't get something done. And that's what happens often in leadership, right? Yep. The leader goes in and says, "Palco, Team Palco, your region isn't doing a great job. I'm going to need you to do this. And, of course, your contrarian brain, the first thing it does, because I didn't bring the walls down, is fire back at me. Not verbally, but you'll do it with your boys at the bar, right? <laughs> Same thing can happen with you as, as a golf coach, right? right? These Wardo's got me doing this thing. You know, I'm down to a five right now. And now he's telling me I have to turn my head out at impact of the ball. I've been told to keep my head down. This guy's nuts. Well, I think it's, you know, I think everybody's needs are different. And I think a lot of people, like Tyler said, don't know what they don't know. And so I think people don't know how to get, go about getting better, not only fundamentally, but as well as on the practice tee or, and they also, their expectations don't kind of, they don't meet what their input is. And so no different than the guy that wants to make a million bucks a year, or the organization that wants to grow. It's like, okay, well, how are you going to go about doing that if you really want that? And for if I had a dollar for every guy that said, Wardo, I just want to get down to a single digit. I'm, I'm going to get a single digit this year. I mean, this is my year. This is my year. <laughs> and then they go back to the same damn routine, which is doing absolutely nothing, showing up to the tee five minutes late like you're about to do. And then, and then basically, uh, you know, not working on their chipping and putting. So... Again, it's a really hard game. The ball is not moving. It's a sport where there's a lot of time to think between your ears. And so we just I just try to go about it on a one-off basis and see what where people think they're struggling, if that truly is the case. And then you, getting some analytics behind it and saying, okay, well, how many fairways did you hit? And some guy will say, oh, I drove it, I drove it horrible the other day, and he hits 11 out of 14 fairways, which is above tour average. Yeah. So, um, again, it's it's kind of just – mentorship across the board. And I think too, where I, I don't have all the answers, but where I, I'm not afraid to tell the person, the businessman, the kid, the whomever, the, the, the aspiring tour pro, what I truly think, because I'm not worried about getting fired. And I think sometimes right. in the country club environment, you know, the, the pros looking over his shoulder, making right. sure that the, right. that the board's not going to fire him. Cause he told Mrs. Haven camp that her swing <laughs> sucks. <laughs> that's an awesome point uh buddy can you can you touch a little bit on um you know the idea of uh kevin you know mentioned doing the same thing and expecting a different result and and, and the idea around um this book being a, a playbook or guide for the 21st century uh aspiring leader i yeah i was actually laughing as you were going through that because <laughs> while you were talking about while you're talking about golf you're, you're talking about how to develop leaders. Yeah, you're talking right? about life. So you're talking about life. And, and so wishing is not a strategy. So, you know, I'm an 18 handicap. I'd like to get better, but I but I know I'm not. I'm hey, not buddy, buddy. 400 balls. Hey, hey, you did have a hole, yeah. hole in one this year, okay? I did. Okay. I did. So Hopefully yeah. that was at Oakmont. <laughs> it was not. It was not. It was out in Arizona. You're roughing it out in Arizona. Uh, all right. Sorry to interrupt I you, was. but I had to I That's had to project right. that. Sorry. Go Thank, ahead. And it was kind of fun because it's one of those that you could see roll in. So Ooh. Fun. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, it's exactly what you said is that, you know, you're, you're coaching these folks. Uh, wishing is not a strategy. So you, you're helping them develop. So if you're, if you're, 
teaching somebody golf, right? You're asking them questions. You, you need to understand so you can apply this to them. You might take some video of them and provide them with some game film so they can see tendencies that they have. Um, you're you're going to really understand there's certain fundamentals, right? So there are certain fundamentals in leadership like this. We're not inventing cold fusion. There's certain leadership fundamentals. Mm-hmm. But, but much like teaching golf or teaching anything you start at the top of this funnel with those fundamentals but you're dealing with with body type and swing speed and all these individual things so in our programs we teach leadership at at, you know these these high-end leaderships but then we drill it down through the funnel what does the individual need what's the individual coaching they need what's their individual plan to get better um and, and so that's how we do it, where back in the 20th century, it was very much a check the box, read this, read this golf book, watch this golf video, and you're going to be a, a, a scratch golfer. We know that's not true. It yeah. requires these, these very intentional steps, and, and you have to be intentional about it because just wanting it isn't good enough. It's that famous line of, it's not the will to win. Everybody has that. Well, it's the will to prepare to win. Yeah. Well, in a day and age of all the information and media and video and YouTube with, with, with a lot of industries, but, but golf, you get every guy that now becomes, that comes through the doors is now a swing expert on not only their swing, but everybody else and everybody on tour. And so my message to all these guys is, and this can apply this applies to whatever CEOs or organizations you guys are working with. You don't have to be an expert in business or like my guys, they don't have to be an expert in the golf swing. All I'm trying to do is help them understand or own their own code, right? Whatever that might be. And what Mrs. Havencamp struggles with in January, she's probably going to be still battling a little bit of that in July and then, you know, into the years to come. So the good news is, is we're creatures of habit. But the bad news is, is it takes a lot of positive repetitions and reinforcement and and um, and feedback in order to get that. And no different than a business, you, it, the the people you're working with, they don't need to they don't need to be experts in the stock market if they own a manufacturing business. Yeah, well, and and buddy, and buddy let me let me jump in on that because I, I Please. you 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 made a, a good point there, right? So um, you've got again, I, I go back to the the younger guy or the older guy um so many leaders whether it's in palco you and i were talking about this hey the top sales guy all of a sudden got the job to become the regional manager but no one oh, taught God, him yeah. right no no one so we said hey palco you got 10 guys now we're going to work for you and you're saying well geez you know what my code to your point wardo it worked that's why i got the job so now what i'm going to do is i'm going to make everyone use my code and i end up pissing off my entire entire sales team over the first six months right and 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 you take me out of the field so you take your best producer right take him out of the field doing something he's not not been trained to do right not comfortable doing right and trying to lead 10 other people yeah so how, how much sense does that make well and this and this right so um so let's say, Tyler, you come to me after six months. You say, you know what? She says, Sully, my, my people are ticked off at me. And I, 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 and I realize that I have not done a good job of giving you the coaching and leadership skills you need. So you know what? I have a big idea, buddy. You know what we're going to do at the national sales meeting? We're going to bring a keynote. Sure. We're going to bring a keynote speaker in for one hour. He's going to heal everything. 
I got this guy. I got the guy the best. You know what? We're we're bringing in Ditka. Ditka's going to come in here. He's, <laughs> and I got to tell you, after an hour, the coach is going to make you a damn good sales manager. Without a doubt, okay? So one hour, 20 grand. You're worth it, though, Pelco. I'm going to do it for you. I know you like the football. And so um, that should handle it, right? You could do this in one event. You could change a culture. You can create leaders in one hour, can't you? Absolutely. Check the box. Move on. <laughs> there you go. You know, I mean, we, we talk to folks and say, like, like back in the day, you would, you would go to this seminar, it, it, which is even, even worse than bringing Dick in. At least he would be entertaining. <laughs> you would go to this seminar and they would stand there and for three days, they would say, you know, we're going to spend three intense days. And if you leave here with one nugget, it will have been worth it. If you take three days and leave with one nugget, you got ripped exactly. off. Exactly. So true. Well, on my and side, by the way, that's not the way humans learn. If we all learned that way, we'd all gotten our bachelor's degree. Quite literally, you can do the math. You would have gotten it in four months. <laughs> That'd have been nice. Well, it's no different than on my side. I get the guy that either wants the quick fix. You know, I had a guy call me the other day, 70 years old. And he hasn't, he's now picking up the game, right? So now all of a sudden he's got to go on a trip to Colorado and he calls me one day and I said, let me call you back. Kind of busy. I'm teaching. Calls me back the next day and leaves a harsh voicemail. All of a sudden now it's an emergency that he needs that quick fix golf lesson because I don't want to make, I, I got to save him from looking like a jack off in front of his 70 year old buddies, you know? And so, a lot of but, responsibility. but uh, same thing, you know, like now I've got this magic pill. You come in for one hour and I'm going to, I'm going to heal. You're going to go from a 18 buddy. You're going to be, you're going to be a nine after one lesson. That's oh, a bunch man. of bullshit. Where do I sign? And then I get the other <laughs> one I get is the American quick fix. This is the fast food mentality of, Hey, that, that new title is driver. Do you think that thing's good? Should, should I get it? I go, I don't know. I don't know. They're all pretty darn good. That if you haven't realized they're reinventing the wheel every year with the manufacturers have done a really good job of confusing us consumers into thinking the, the next year's better. Yeah. Like that left wing <laughs> golf ball. Yeah. Yeah. That left wing golf ball. Yeah. <laughs> Tiger Woods could be made with his hickory stick. Like, exactly. But can, you know. can you talk a little bit about what from, from a logical standpoint, we're all laughing and joking about it, but from a logical standpoint, if we know that we're not going to be a scratch golfer with, with one lesson or a 45 minute, you know, uh, or 15 minute right before you tee off. And if, if leaders truly do know that, that it's not going to be fixed in an hour long session from Ditka, <laughs> why, why, why is it such a, why is it so hard for them to grasp doing something different? Well, because it was never modeled for it. So Brian, I know you did some work with, with Colonel Kevin Benson. Is yeah, that right? That's right. Right. So, so if you were to talk to Colonel, the Colonel, what you'll find out is by the time you become a Colonel, you are in the top 2% of the entire military. All right. So you're, you're, you're in some very rare air. Okay. By the time you become a Colonel, every four or five years, you have spent at least a year, a full year in ongoing leadership development. So yeah. I want you to think about that. So you have a 25 year career, yeah. you have spent at least five years doing nothing except focused on developing better leadership skills. Oh, that's a lot. In a million man army, yep. at any one time, 20% of our forces are in training for their next assignment. 
in business, we take that welder, we make him the manager of welders. You guys are talking about the sales guy. We make him the manager of welders. He hasn't spent a minute. By the way, here's a statistic. It's it, on average in America, it's 10 years between when somebody's promoted to manager or supervisor till they get any training. 10 wow. years. Holy cow. We take this manager. This And by the way, you know, as a golf coach, you kind of know. The earlier you get somebody before they've developed all these bad habits, the easier it is for you to help them. That is very true. And so we take this welder who, by the way, hates people. He wanted to be a welder because he wore makes a mask two of and us. didn't have to talk to anybody. Right? Yep. And then they make him a manager of people. Yep. So this next book, this leadership decade, I have actually dedicated it to military uh, leaders because they're the only consistent executive group I've worked with in my 26-year career at Solutions 21 who gets that leadership is a journey and not a destination, and they get that experience does not equal excellence, that excellence equals excellence, and that they're going to constantly work on it, and they believe they have never arrived. Yep. Yep. Boy, and it's uh, and what you're describing, buddy, is humility too, right? And so it's no, getting, no doubt about it, it. It's getting very hard to to um, to figure out what the leadership mentality is. And when I say this, right, humility wouldn't be tied to the name of, let's say, Bobby Knight, right? Okay. Or at least you wouldn't think so. So there are leaders in history who weren't known as the humble velvet hammer listener. Yet some of the greatest leaders, including Colonel Kevin Benson, right, who um, from the Army Staff and Command College, and he was a key planner in Operation Iraqi Freedom. I got to tell you, play golf with that guy, and for four hours, he's the most humble man you ever met. But you see him standing uh, uh, over the, the statue um, uh, in Baghdad of, of Saddam Hussein. You're saying, this guy is a really tough dude, right? So, so can't you still be an amazing human, selfless uh, listener yet still project to all types, including the contrarian knucklehead. Absolutely. So I, I had the good fortune of, of when I was in the war college, being a gentleman's class, uh, his name is Jeff Ray, R E Y. And Jeff is a, um, uh, immigrant to the United States. He wanted to join the service because he wanted to join the service, but mostly because he needed food and clothing. He wanted to be a Marine, but they couldn't take him for 90 days, but the Army could, like, take him tomorrow. So he joined the Army. He has held every single rank in the, in the Army, and I was humbled and blessed to be invited to his pinning as a one-star general. Wow. Literally every single rank. He served as the president's cybersecurity chief. He built the Situation Room at Camp David. We are talking creme de la creme. Wow. And when he was introduced, what the general said who introduced him was, let me tell you what Jeff's superpower is. It's his emotional intelligence. Hmm. Now, here's a guy who could take you apart every which way but Sunday, physically, mentally, right, right. And intellectually, anything you want. And his introduction is about his emotional intelligence and his humility. Are you kidding me? Yep. Yep. So yeah. I think the answer and, and is yes. What, so. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. I think right? it is. I mean, what, and I, what we see, 
is that you see, and some you said earlier, you asked me a question earlier about are leaders afraid, and I said if they're not, they should be. Yeah. Is there is this sense that I have been doing this for 30 years. I have been around the block. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, what you, you whippersnapper. I know, you know, like I know, but man, if, if the last five months haven't let you know, you don't know anything. You just aren't paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. So my hope is that the, the um, fear of this situation or just straight up being scared, um, forces us all to learn a little bit more but you know we also have to be careful that we don't learn or we don't just consume um everything that is being thrown at us listen this is just my opinion you have to listen be totally opening to learning things but the foundation of your past 25 or 30 years if it's a good one and was built with selflessness and love will allow you to weed through all of this noise. But, you know, you can't be a leader if you're totally blocked to any of it. So I, I'm with you. You've got to be aware of what's going on, hungry and thirsty for more knowledge, knowing you may be wrong, but but you also have to go back to your gut a little bit too, right? So it, 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 my fear is that leaders are going to be like, holy crap, I've been an idiot for 40 years. I suck. And I don't think that's a healthy place either, is it? It is no, and 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 so you had even said before about golf, about the, the mental and the ball. Ball just sits there. It's not like baseball. It's not like a high hard fastball. It's just sitting there. And leadership is in many ways the same way. And and the difference between man and animals is our ability to reason. So most leaders screw up, quite frankly, like golfers because of that. You know, eight inches between their ears. Yeah. They don't reason. They don't stop. They don't pause. They're not. They're not like you said. Take in this information and then intellectually think through it. Don't just need jerk. Don't just yep. fall to your yep. to your uh, unconscious tendencies. Like like that's not what leaders do. That's not what athletes do. That's not. There's nothing. There is zero. There's nothing intuitive about standing over an eight foot putt to win a tournament. And being completely calm. Yeah, right. So, There's but, nothing intuitive about it. Hey, buddy, I've got a, uh, right after our, our little podcast here, I've got a 420 tee time. I have a big um, big four-ball tournament. You better be nervous on that first tee, Sully. <laughs> and, and that's what I'm wondering. Do, um, do you have any maybe inspirational um, wisdom, some like buddy-isms um, <laughs> of the Leadership Decade book or some of your other um, teachings that might motivate me, not only on the first tee box, but I'm going to need you throughout I'm going to need Buddy in my golf cart, in my bag, and between my ears. What could, give me something, Buddy. Oh, man. Um, it's a big responsibility. I, 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 well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, I, I would go back to the EQ of the pause. Um, you know, too many leaders are knee-jerk, and they do what is intuitive versus what's counterintuitive. And... Um, you know, you, you talk about a you know, high handicapper like me, one of the big things you talk about is course management, right? Like, we don't want to do that. We want to go for the hero shot. Yeah. Like, you know, we come this far to lay up. It's really <laughs> counterintuitive to pay this money and, you know, knock it out in the middle and try to get down from there. Oh. Right. So if I can give you anything while you're out there, it's to challenge yourself on your, um, on, on what comes natural. And do you need at this point to be counterintuitive? Buddy, I can't live in fear. 
If you're telling me I can't take the driver off the deck and I've got to lay up with the seven iron, you and I got problems. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you but go in, for it. I, I don't know your game. You know, no, I do. We're, you know enough. About, yeah, you know yeah, enough. I, it just went yeah. in the water, by the way. Why didn't I listen to you, <laughs> buddy? There, there, there you go, buddy. When you can catch his swing, when you can catch his club head with your teeth, you know he can't hit it far enough to hit, actually hit it offline. No, but in all seriousness, we were talking at the uh, before the show about, you know, g- golfers and, and professional golfers, their playbook and their course management is probably, you know, their, their, their best feature, one of them, and they know how to manage their games. And so similar to selling or leadership, it's more of how do you manage the playbook, their playbook's the yardage book. And so how do you help? How do you plot your ball around? No different than what. So maybe you should take the advice of Buddy and. Maybe lay up. Well, you know what I learned today from Buddy and Tyler? In business, there are no better business caddies than Solutions 21. Oh, good. Can, ah. we, can, we, st- can we steal that for some marketing? Yes, you can. I like that. Right? I, I mean, like you, you can go out as a company and a leader and play your own game, but boy, that caddy sure makes you better. He helps, right. he helps you from uh, not pulling the driver out and going DOD. That's what he does, you see? So, hey, all you business owners listening to the Golf Underground, you need to check out solutions21.com. Is that right, TP? That is correct. Solutions21.com. They will help you, no lie. I mean, it's, it's, uh, they're, Pelco and I talked to leadership and with, with Wardo, you know, a couple months ago, and I love the topic. It's awesome because it's all about winning, you know, and what is winning? It's, yeah, it's being the best in your industry, being the best in your region, being the best welder. I mean, that's why we're doing this because, you know what, why else are we doing? I mean, it's for, we got to have fun when we're doing it. Winning's fun, right? And so leaders, hey, give us a little more info. When's this book going to be out? Uh, I think the launch of it is August 11th. Yep. Um, and the, and the, the website, theleadershipdecade.com, will be going live shortly around then. Uh, the first two, gratefully, uh, very humble to say, sold out. We actually had a second printing of the first book. Nice. Uh, so instead of having a second printing of the second book, this one's completely updated. And we did do a pretty significant, it, it, believe me, I didn't look forward to it or want to do it, but we did a very significant stop the presses and spent several months making it relevant to the current environment and the current situation. That's awesome. Well, uh, thanks for doing that. On behalf of business owners, you're, you're helping them make uh, make great decisions, be better at what they do. And so, uh, Buddy Hobart, my friends, check out theleadershipdecade.com, solution21.com. It will make you better. And we'll, uh, hey, why don't we do a quick recap after this commercial break? Wardo, Pelco, Sully, right here in the Golf Underground, ESPN Radio. Hey, Brian Sullivan of Golf Underground with my favorite orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kevin Witte from Sano Orthopedics. Why is Sano Orthopedics the absolute best sports medicine orthopedic group in Kansas City? Well, if you want to see the guys in town who've had the best orthopedic fellowship training in sports medicine, um, including training with Dr. James Andrews and Dr. Larry Lemack, come see us. Uh, We individualize patients' uh, plans to get them back to that activity and that sport that they love. And we actually care and listen to our patients and follow up with them and make sure that they're getting the results they need. Okay, and so the three things that separate you. Number one, best training. Number two, you specialize in getting people on that field. Number three, you actually listen. Where can I learn more? Because you got me all in, and I don't really want to get fixed, but it's time. At sonoorthopedics.com, 816-525-2840. 
Hey, what's up, Golf Underground Nation? This is Brian Sullivan, co-host of the Golf Underground with the Greenside Cigar Company, here to tell you about the hot new cigars that are about taking over the golf industry. And yeah, I'm talking about the patented Birdie Stogies. You guys have been seeing for sale all over the local golf courses. These cigars come highly rated and are the ultra-premium alternative to that dried-up old stick you've been using to celebrate your made birdie putts. Designed to be carried in every golf bag and saved as a reward for celebratory achievement, our cigars are bringing golfers added relaxation, fun, and perhaps maybe even a little luck. From mild to medium, smooth to sweet, we have a cigar suitable for every taste palette and golfers at all skill levels. So no matter your celebratory occasion, enjoying a victory stogie at the clubhouse after a low round, immediately after a made birdie putt, or hey, even to help you relax and simply celebrate being out in the golf course, make sure you never approach the first tee again without one of our beautiful cigars in your golf bag. So learn more and order online at greensidecigars.com or just Google the birdie stogie. Because after all, there can only be one. Hey, Brian Sullivan here, and I've got a tip for you. You've got to head to Unforked. It's an amazing restaurant. What I like about these guys is they promise to buy and support seasonal, local ingredients first. And I love the fact that they source from smaller, family, GAP-certified, or organic farms, prime-going regions, artists and producers. All I'm getting at is, if you like fresh stuff, Unforked is the place to be. And like they say, fork or no fork, you can be sure you're getting the highest quality, socially responsible ingredients possible. And not to mention, it's delicious. So whether you're out south or downtown, stop by Unforked for a delicious and healthy meal. Sheridan's Unforked. Honest, clean food. Wardo, once he got this tune from Banana Rama, is it Banana Rama? No, it's oh no, that, it's the it's, remake. It's, it's the beach. This is Ace of Base. It's the Ace of Base. How good is Ace of the Base? Ace of Base. Turn up. Come on. I mean, listen. We just had a nice conversation about COVID, the political situation. Buddy brought us out from the doldrums. Yeah. I'm about to go kick ass at 420. You're have a six ghost. pack of Truly on a Thursday. <laughs> you can turn those into a Wardo. Yeah, turn those into the a Wardo. Wardo. Back nine Wardo. That's Get right. a case of the slots. Get a fucking case of the slots. <laughs> well, you know, I do have a new swing going, Wardo. I know. I don't want to it's hear about Furic. it. It's the Furic. No, oh, I, went, I went back to the Furic. No, oh, jeez. You know what? I bring it way on the outside, and then I'm able to find the slot. Well, it's better than most of the guys I work with. They hit their right kneecap with their right knuckle going back and whip it in and start the lawnmower, and then they come over it. Come over the top. Hit it in the heel. Hit some heel blasters and wonder why they're, they fly <laughs> at 194 with... It spins more sideways than it does goes f- forward. Yeah, I'm not doing that today. So, all right, but I do need your advice, both of you, because Palka, what what what's your handy? Uh, Freaking scratch. Yeah. Okay, so you're scratch, right? So you both he's, you're he's both going go scuba low right now. Okay, so um, you know, off the tee box, I've had the tendency to um, you know have a little hook. I've been hooking the ball, and so what I noticed there was a couple times where I had to try to fade the ball. So I did the old Jim Furyk, you know, a little outside whoop. And then the ball started going straight. And I said, well, let me try this off the tee box. And it started going straight. Now, the swing looks absolutely horrible, even more horrible than normal. Should I, today, to dominate these two old guys, should I go to the Furyk swing or just try to, like, have a real normal golf swing? Go with the Furyk cut. Hit the cut. Hit the a steer stinger. Yeah, hit the I steer stinger. I just learned stinger. how to hit the steer stinger. It's, really? You got the low, the little... Sully, I don't know if you know this, but it's steer season out there. 
Uh, well, it's, boys, <laughs> it's steer season. <laughs> it's steer season. Well, this was fun. TP, thanks for coming in, man. Which Thank you. you Appreciate gotta, it. You got to uh, come on in and join us again. I mean, I, I almost feel like part of the crew. You are. He is part of the crew. Yeah. We got some shows coming up next week, too. We got some shows. We got some shows. You want to team up a little bit? See, because uh, now if you say it, you're going to actually have to pursue them. They're actually going to have to be on the program. We're going to tee up a lot of good action. That's all I'm just going right. to say. That's right. We got Won't Joe Biden and Donald Trump coming in next week, um, <laughs> along with, um, I'll pick someone, um, Lady Di. We're going to have Mark Cuban, actually, as well. Mark. <laughs> He's running for president. Uh, all right, guys. Hey, it's been a uh, couple of weeks. We missed you all. The Underground is above ground. We'll see you next week with some amazing guests. You've been listening to Golf Underground, Wardo Sully, ESPN Radio. Let's take.